Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, contact tracing. A year ago, we thought that's what happened after you dropped your contact lens on the bathroom rug. Now we know contact tracing is like following the breadcrumbs of a pandemic. Dr. Marta Induni, Principal Investigator of the Public Health Institute and Director of Tracing Health, is with us to explain how contact tracing works. Don't lose contact with this vital information. Plus, it's a potluck info party. Our crew has each brought in a fact to share. Find out what piece of information lodged itself in Captain Crinkle's brain and is struggling to get out with its life intact. I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week tries to trace the topical context of our conversation in the hopes of tracking our discourse until it leads to coherency. And now, please welcome the woman who is a one-woman super spreader of free association, Paula Poundstone. Hey, guys. It's Paula. So lovely. Hey, Paula. So lovely to hear your voices. Uh... Um, uh, th- hi, Adam. Uh, thanks so much to tonight's house band returning champion Jay Clannon on bass guitar. Jay says, I'm a middle school band teacher and guitar teacher from Berthoud, Colorado, trying to figure out how to do what I do online. That is a challenge, Jay. I get it. How can one man be a middle school band? Oh, Tessie's. Uh, no, I skipped something. Did I lose those words? Okay, let me try that again. Sorry. No, 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 no. Paula, that was merely a joke about the way he phrased it. Oh, did I say and guitar teacher? Yeah. He said, he's, he says, oh, I'm see. a middle oh, okay. school band and guitar teacher. I was just making a joke. You know how people I, say, like, do, what, Bonnie? <laughs> <clears throat> no, I don't care. His joke. <laughs> All I'm right. a middle let me school just tr- band All right. and guitar Let me just teacher. try that again. Here it is. Okay, okay ready? <laughs> okay. No, I think we just keep what we have. This is fantastic. No, I no, think no. It's Here good. we go. Ready? Here it is. Okay. It's two hours to get through. Okay. The first part. Here we go. All right. Ready? And yeah. thanks to. Uh, are you ready? Okay. Then that that means that only one of us is talking. And thanks to tonight. <laughs> 
All right, here we go. All right. And thanks to tonight's house band returning champion Jay Clannon on bass guitar. Jay says, I'm a middle school band and guitar teacher from Berthoud, Colorado, trying to figure out how to do what I do online. I sympathize with you, Jay. Being a stand-up comic online is virtually impossible. And Jay, what if you had a podcast and you had like three other people that you worked with? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, it's yeah. exhausting. It's yeah, it exhausting. Would, it would be, I can't think of anything more exhausting than that. Uh, yeah. Paula, what's new? What's going on in Paulaville? Which is also you known know, as Santa Monica, I, but I prefer to think of it as I, Paulaville. I do. I live in Santa Monica. And yesterday, um, I had just sat down to do some work. And then at 3.30, I had a work appointment on the phone. And... Uh, and with me, with me, no less. With with Adam, in addition to others. Um, but my neighbor appeared at my door, not <laughs> not a neighbor, not a neighbor that I know really well. Um, she's she's a little bit older. Uh, I, I Eileen. She's a little bit older, um, and she's a little bit hard of hearing. Maybe a lot of bit hard of hearing, and she had she had accidentally locked herself out of her house. And she was barefoot, and she had no mask. Um, and, and it was a little bit cold outside. I mean, not freezing at Santa Monica, but it was a little nippy outside. So I said, I, I, and she had come over because she, she wanted Wendell to come help her. And so Wendell wasn't here. He was out doing errands. And I said, well, can, is there something I can do for you? And then she explained. And I was like, oh, you know what? Well, do you want to come in? And Because what was I going to do? Send her away? But she had no mask. Um, okay, so you had an so, old, barefoot, maskless lady on your doorstep. <laughs> well, I think that's not how I would describe her, but but yeah. So, you know, so she came in, and within a few minutes, I really had to go in the other room and work. Uh, but I didn't know what I should do, is my point. Uh, you know, what should I have offered her a fresh mask? Uh, or... <laughs> <laughs> or should I have washed her feet? Should I have? Should I have? Should I have offered her sandals? What, I said to myself, "What would Jesus's neighbor have done?" <laughs> well, Jesus would have washed her feet. Jesus's yeah, well, neighbor. I don't know I if thought, he was maybe. Giving, giving away <laughs> foot washes. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I, I. I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't know what to do. I don't know what. Because I felt weird, like, because uh, I try to be careful, you know. Yeah, um, me too. But, uh, th- and then I'm like, well, now are we going to be contact traced? That was one of my concerns. Well, did she have her phone on her person? I don't think so. The way okay. she locked herself out of her house was she had, she was taking a nap and she just, uh, she was just going to run to the mailbox and back again, which is why she didn't have shoes on. And I thought, well, maybe it's why she doesn't have a mask on. Maybe I could just say, do you, you know, do you want a mask? But I didn't know uh, what was, I didn't know what was the safety slash manners protocol. And do those two things go together, safety and manners? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always good manners not to kill somebody or be killed by them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't even think we have to go to to, to asking Amy about about, about that. Um, well, I ha- I put on a mask. I mean, the minute before I even opened the door to her, I put on a mask. So I was masked. Yeah, yeah, 
But uh, um, yeah. Anyways, there. So yeah. The All good right. Well, news it's a good is- thing that we have Doctor Induni here because she'll be able to talk about contact tracing, and you can tell Doctor Induni about Eileen, and then you'll know whether uh, the, the contact tracing is important here. I mean, what are the odds of that happening again? But I, you know, if it did, I would like to know what to do. <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to say, just because, is that somebody on Twitter uh, had written wanting uh-huh. to know, uh, to, they wrote to somebody else. They didn't write to me. They tweeted somebody else saying, did that person know of a good podcast to listen to where you felt like you were hanging out with friends. And the person said, our podcast, which is how I got to be in the loop of the of the Twitter conversation, and uh, uh-huh. the person that, that was looking for a, a podcast to feel like she was hanging out with was Katie. And uh, so... I, you know, I wrote back and I said, Katie, feel free to hang out with us. So I just want to say, hi, Katie. Okay. Hi, Katie. <laughs> I like hi, that you're Katie. using your podcast to give shout outs to individual fans. It's a, it's one listener at a time. Yeah. Well, this is what I've been telling you for two yeah. years now. It's one listener I know, at a I time, know. Adam. Katie, uh, <laughs> you know, there's been other times where people fell in wells and someone was able to lower an iPhone down so that they could listen to the podcast. There, there yes. was a, a time when someone's head went through a, uh, a priceless painting in a museum. I, believe me, Paula, you're giving me flashbacks to a to a to a, to a different era <laughs> of our podcast. There was a time, for example, when someone had started a business of, um, I believe they were. Uh, who was Barry Gibb? Did they have a name? The, the brothers. BGs? Yeah, they were. The they Gib- had a the B- a Bee Gees um, impersonator uh, uh, who was a listener, and then their <laughs> friend wanted to wanted to know how that happened. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that we've gained listeners one at a time. But um, this, anyways, yes, just uh, <laughs> hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Um, hi, Katie. And, uh, hey, hey, Katie. listen to who just said hi, Katie. Hi. It was. We were about to do this. Uh, we we're about to introduce no, and say hello to some of were. our other other uh, members of our broadcast team, as it were. And let's uh, start because we haven't started with her in a while. Let's head straight up to that Simi Valley near a near a horse ranch <laughs> and say hello. No. to Bonnie Burns. <laughs> Woo, Captain Crickle. Captain Crickle, how's it hanging? Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> I've regressed to two year old. Well, things are good. You know, I'm feeling an ache in my stomach because I told you guys before we started taping that I was thinking about maybe I would tell the story that I was on the fence about telling. And then I have this other story that I think might not be good to tell. Um, So I'm debating which one I'll tell. And I guess I'll tell this one. Okay. So well, can I just, I'm in well, can, I just, can I just offer up one thought? You said you had a pain in your stomach? Yeah, like an ache, like, uh. Okay, are you aware it could also be something that you've eaten or all that coffee you drink? It could be the coffee, but nah, I think I'm pretty wired up. No, no, Bonnie, you you feel things in your stomach. That's for sure. Like, I mean, just the other day we were having a conversation, and and the idea of something uh, seemed, seemed bad to you, and you said, that's making my stomach hurt. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, coffee. Yeah, sometimes you're responsible for that. 
She blames everyone else that she drinks too much coffee. Um, and but, uh, but Bonnie, you you were trying to decide between two stories, and one was really racy and one wasn't. Yeah, I'm not telling you either story if you're not nice to me, but I'm especially not telling you this one if you're not nice to me. Who who's well, been unnice? Honestly, who hasn't been nice to Bonnie Burns? You. And in what way? <laughs> what on earth? You know what, what? are you Katie, talking about? Katie might be listening for her first time, and you've turned it into a '60s encounter group. Would you just tell your story? <laughs> All right. Okay. So back when I was a producer, back when I was a producer, I'm in editing, and there's another person in editing. This guy who was. You know, I mean, he was, I don't want to say he was a big star, not a big star like, you know, like Paul Newman or something. But, I mean, he was a really well-known guy who'd been, like, in movies and stuff. And so, really Wait, cute. stop right there. And, was it Dick Sargent? Yeah. No. It was, <laughs> no, no, no offense, but he was a contemporary, you know, well-known actor. Let's just say actor. Okay. So Contemporary of whom? Fuck you, Adam. You know, no, no, and he was, and he was also a here? stage actor. He was a stage actor. No, he was like you know very popular. He did a lot of theater. He'd been in movies with you know what contemporary and like I don't know. Like maybe when I was early forties. Like so I don't in know. The, like in, in, in the nineties. Okay, yeah, cool. In oh, the oh, 90s. In the ni- Thank okay. you. Oh, my heavens. Okay, I don't think that question you. merited a fuck you. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. I okay. don't either, <laughs> really. Bonnie is I loaded can, for bear tonight. I can yeah. tell Tony the last play he was in. She could Google the year, but then, you know, they'd give it away. Okay, so anyway... He's in one editing bay. He's in one editing bay editing. I'm in another one. Somehow we start talking. Then I realize, like, oh, he's flirting. And anyway, whatever, we end up back at my house. So, you know, that's what I lived in. I know. So that's where he lived in Bel Air. It was an adorable house, but it was a very little house. And I think, like, the inside maybe was 1,250 square feet. So really little. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So... Now, don't freak out, Paula. So at a certain point, we're in the shower together, okay? And, oh, oh no, wait. my God. Wow, so we, get, we go to my house. Wait, 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 wait. This is the wait, best wait. day of my we whole go. life. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. So anyhow, we get in the house. So he was dirty like, when he got there. Is that right? No, no, I don't think that sounds that's incorrect. Why you Paula. go to the shower, Paula? You didn't have moist towelettes. You couldn't just. No, he couldn't just bird bath. <laughs> okay, we end up in the shower. And now I'm like thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I have this guy with this body, you know, <laughs> standing in, her body. in front of me, whatever. It was like, okay. So now, you was know, it Tom Cruise? This was is just Tom Cruise? No. If, okay, no, if we guess what you say. Unbelievable. This guy was hot. Okay. So now we're in bed and it gets to be like, I don't know, one thirty, two thirty in the morning. I have the worst gas, and I really <laughs> have. This is this is really? a very unexpected story. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I really right now, have. Rudy Giuliani is telling the exact same story. 
And I really have to fart. And like, I decide that the only thing to do is go outside in the backyard and fart there so he won't hear it. Okay. So I get up, I'm like naked, right? And I go, you know, tiptoe through the kitchen, open the back I, door. If, 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 you, if you end up like Paula's neighbor, I, that's going to be the greatest story ever. Okay. That's not really what happened. So, okay. you know, I go out, I open the back door. And I go to step outside, and there's, like, these two little eyes staring at me. And I go, shh, and they don't move. <laughs> it's like a possum, and he won't move. So funny. It's going to move go, in a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guessed it. That's what happened. I thought, all right, forget about it. <laughs> so guess what happened? <laughs> You offended the possum. No, I decided, you know, to let one fly, and there you have it. <laughs> well, that's the end of the story. <laughs> well, what else could I do? I'm I not going to walk know. past the possum. No, the end of the story <laughs> is that the possum sued. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Bonnie gosh. Bonnie Bird's. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh yeah that I'll was really that was really a, she's, a treat she's gonna you know the aspca is gonna have something to say about this story <laughs> <laughs> and i gotta tell you got, listeners if you thought that story was great that was just the warm-up back because we're heading to sh- to no. Sherman Oaks to <laughs> say hello. Absolutely not. To Tony you Anita Hull. Pass right, just, just pass right by me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How can I even follow Bonnie. a Bonnie Burns sex capade story? I'm not saying anything. What if, Bonnie, what if. What if that actor is listening right now and he's and he's go and all all these years later he solved the mystery of why you got up and went outside in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well huh. yeah. That must have felt so random to that possum. I yeah. bet it's still yeah. thinking, why would anyone do that to me? Yeah, right now I it's don't a, know. It, Right now, it's on a little <laughs> possum pod where everyone's going, tell that story again. Tell that story again. So you were on some <laughs> stairs, and a naked woman came out. Ew! Ew! <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Wow. Um, all right, so, Tony, what's new? No, I told you I passed. <laughs> Come on, Tony. There's, there's Let's really no shame in not having a, a sexcapade story. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, yeah. Tony, um, I I... have you ever done have you ever done any editing? And if so, who is in the pod <laughs> beside you? <laughs> yeah. I, that, does, that story doesn't even make any sense. Why would the actor be in the editing bay there? Maybe he was a producer. Oh. It was Hugh Jackman. 
It was no. not Hugh Jackman, and I actually do not find Hugh Jackman that cute. I found okay, this but you guy know what? very cute. <laughs> it was Kathy Rigby. It wasn't a guy. <laughs> awesome. No, she played Peter Pan, but she wasn't a guy. Oh, damn it. This is awful what happened to you. Oh, Bonnie, I'm yeah. dying to know who it is. Uh, I'm not telling you. What was the play? Really, Adam? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so Tony, you're really not going to tell us anything about what's up in your life? No, I want to know who about a guy. What? I want to hear about a guy she took a shower with. Um, I would never do that because my brother would listen and then find him and kill him. Oh, Oh, wow. So, (laughs) the answer's no. I'm not we... sharing a sexcapade story here on Nobody's Nobody asking for a sexcapade. Well, I'm feeling pressure. <laughs> well, I don't consider it a sexcapade. That's ridiculous. No, it's more of I a fartcapade. Like, I feel like we're at a junior high sleepover party. <laughs> My mom says we have to go to bed soon. Yeah. <laughs> My God. I'd rather use my time to guess who it was. Yeah. You're not guessing who it was. Okay, he's in musicals. Uh, (laughs) We're getting closer and closer. Boy, boy, Um, she's she's dying for us to know. I know, she really wants to tell us. Let's hear about Adam showers with women. Okay, why is this a a new segment? Bonnie, Bonnie, what is the matter with you? Did they run your their? You're so sexually charged constantly. (laughs) This quarantine is getting lonely. Yeah, I think the wrong meds have set in. (laughs) I I would say so. It's a little too much coffee. Um, It's too much coffee. Honestly, that's what it is. I know. I can tell. Oh my heavens, Adam! All right. Yes, Paula. Adam, Adam, do you have? Is there anything going on in your life this week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I was thinking about that, Paula, and um, (laughs) now there's there's nothing much going on in my life this week, Paula. I'm just, um, uh, you know, (laughs) I've never been asked that question before. Yeah, it's. What is going on? If I'd known that question was coming, I would have I would have prepared something or thought about my week. You know, I, I did yeah. get a new knife this week. Okay, I think we go back to there's nothing much going on in your life. <laughs> um, I so would have prepared wait, something. Was he in a musical that was shot for television? <laughs> would you shut up? <laughs> had to, had to be Tony. If he was editing, it was shot for TV. Absolutely had yeah, to be. Yeah, it was shot for, it was shot but for TV. But was it a musical or a play? She said a play. But then she said no, musical. I'm not telling you one thing. <laughs> okay. It might have been a movie. Maybe they shot the play for a movie. It I was don't know. I'm not telling you. It was you. Christopher Plummer, and I'm never going to be able to look at him again. It was Frank Langella. <laughs> this isn't interesting. Move on. It was Treat Williams. <laughs> it was not Treat Williams. He's too old. <laughs> I said the guy was really cute and sexy. 
Um, uh. Uh, okay. Um, Engelbert. It was Engelbert Humperdinck. It was. It was, it was Humperdinck. Yeah, sure. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Bon- Bonnie's story did inspire a little bit of a story that, that I think you might have been at with me, Paula, which is that I did a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me in Las Vegas a few years back. Were you, were, were you at that one? We I did was. It at Barry Manilow's, we, we did it at Barry Manilow's Theater at the, um, at the, at the uh, Paris Casino. And you guys showered I, together afterwards? No, I didn't shower together, but the whole sleeping with celebrities thing yeah. reminded me of it. Do you remember who our guest was at that um, at that show? Yeah, except for I can't think of his name. He's the he's he has a street named after him in Las Vegas. He's the big Las Vegas guy. Um, yes, Wayne yes. Newton. His name. Is Wayne Newton exactly, and so Wayne Newton was uh, was our guest, and then Wayne Newton came to our little after party at one of the little restaurants in the, uh, in the at the Paris Casino there, and we were hanging out at the party, and this woman who was, um, I guess she she let me know she was a former flight attendant was was talking to me kind of at length, and she said, uh, you know what, when uh, when Wayne um, sleeps with uh, sleeps with a woman, he gives her this. Uh, sterling silver or solid gold no it's gold solid gold feather and it's this tiny little feather and it and it's just a present that he gives every woman that he sleeps with and then oh and then i have she a, reached I into, have a gold she reached into her pocket she reached into her pocket and took out a tiny little golden feather <laughs> and then she she looked at me and raised her eyebrows and made a noise like this i swear to god hmm <laughs> What does that mean? Wait, what does that she slept, mean? She slept with Wayne. That's all it meant. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I have an entire gold boa um, because Wayne and wow. I have been together so often. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was made of the, the metal gold, not the, not the color. But is that because he's yeah. supposed to be of Indian, American... Indian yes, he's got descent? native. He's got Native American uh, roots, and uh, and as a result, oh. he has these little silver or golden feathers that he gives away as a as a trophy to somebody who manages to sleep with him. There's my story, Paula. See, yeah, that's what he new also with me. does it when he's molting. <laughs> <laughs> and the, oh, you know, and the skilled concubine knows to pick them up quickly. Um, Adam, now, pa- do you have a word? I was just about to say so. Uh, a, a word, if I may, Adam. It's garrulity. Um, it's a it's a noun that means excessive talkativeness, especially on trivial matters. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. A touch of garrulity on my part may have derailed my audition. It's a great word. Uh-huh. I, yeah, it's a I, good word. I wish I would remember it. Uh, let's. Uh, Little if only you had some way of remembering words. Well, you know, Adam, I've come up with a vocabulary song that can sometimes help with that. Uh, here it is. Uh, this week's word is garrulity. 
It's a noun that means excessive talkativeness, especially on trivial matters. I have nine cats. I used to have 16. For a while, I had 11. They all left my furniture in tatters. Now I have just an Adirondack chair because it won't collect hair or pee. Last week's word was <laughs> insalubrious. It's an adjective that means seedy or squalid, not well kept or clean. I should have mopped up after my cesarean. The week before that, the word was fi. It's an exclamation used to express disgust or outrage. Fi, how can Donald Trump still be on the stage? Going back before that, the word was putinesca. It's a word that means pasta sauce made with tomatoes, garlic, olives, anchovies, etc. Said to have been devised by prostitutes as one which could quickly be quickly cooked between clients' visits. Quick, make the sauce and get back to the toss. That's putinesca. And not long ago, we had perdurable. It's an adjective that means enduring, continuously permanent. The cats peed in the heating vent. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge. Who's, Who's podge, podge? Podge podge. Oh, boy. Yeah, that oh, was special. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, <laughs> replicable, replicable, but I do, I do, I do, I do. I do. Yeah. That was great. Now, Paula, uh, I I do have a question, and it uh, I, I would guess that you might not know this, but I'd never heard the word garrulity. But I have heard the word garrulousness, which I think means exactly the same thing. I think they're related. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just wondering what the difference is. One. Well, that went nowhere. Is, one is garrulousness <laughs> and the other is garrulity. Well struck, Actually, it's, it's garrulity. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought your question was going to be, um, have I showered and had sex with uh, any contemporary <laughs> actors and the answer is no well, ha have you you haven't no no huh. because well, if, I, uh, if i have somebody yeah. over i've already bathed <laughs> <laughs> paula i'm pretty sure that bonnie was referring to a sexy shower i think yeah. he gets it paula I don't, so. I, I don't think so. All right. In Winnie the Pooh, A.A. A. Milne wrote, Where are we going, Pooh? Home, Piglet. We're going home because that's the best thing to do right now. But what if your neighbors don't go home but hang out in a bar? How to contact trace during a pandemic? That's next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our 
class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so co it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. 
plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes you know when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff it's really not that technical you know uh no matter what way you sleep they have a mattress that will support and comfort you how hard is that uh, you know when you say it that way it seems a lot simpler i take it back that's my boner <laughs> and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge and helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home that's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Ferdinand Magellan said, you guys, come up on deck and look over the ocean with this telescope. There's a curve, right? I see a curve. Anybody else see a curve? Raise your hand if you see a curve. <laughs> Thank you, house band Jay Clannon. Now, Paula, um... We uh we got that story of Eileen, your shoeless and maskless visitor, right? Yes. And we were wondering, like, what if she was infected? And would she be somebody to contact trace? And what is contact tracing? Well, we have an expert who can tell us how they track um, who Eileen had been exposed to, so you know how much risk you're at. It's Dr. Marta Induni has been a principal investigator at the Public Health Institute for more than 25 years. She serves as the director of tracing health. Uh, a program 
launched in response to COVID-19 that provides contact tracing and scientific support services to counties and local health departments on the West Coast. Wow, my old job. Please welcome Dr. Marta Nduni. Dr. Nduni, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you. uh, So let's start with the very basic, what is contact tracing? What an excellent question. So when uh, people get sick, um, presumably at this point from COVID-19, we we talk to the patient and we ask them all sorts of questions, including who have you been in contact with? Uh, and the idea is then we contact those folks and let them know that they've been exposed to the virus and that they should stay at home for 14 days in quarantine. And um, it's... It, essentially is uh, something that, you know, people have free will whether or not they want to participate. <laughs> but we obviously we want them to because that's the way that we get this uh, virus and the spread under control. Now, how does that phone call rate compared to people having to call um, people about venereal diseases? Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it seems like there'd be less shame. <laughs> You know, funny that you bring that up because contact tracing actually uh, has been around for many decades. uh, And one of the reasons that it's employed is exactly for venereal disease, for STDs, HIV, and other sort of highly contagious diseases that uh, people want to sort of quell, right? And so if you have an STD, um, we, we might ask for your contacts so that we can let them know they've possibly been exposed HIV, tuberculosis, right. those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And this is just a, another, this is just a tool with a different virus. We should do it with misinformation. <laughs> you know, when somebody has like just <laughs> really dumb misinformation, that you should go like, okay, and who have you spoken with? <laughs> and then you get in touch with them and they go, oh who man. Who have you been I f- in contact with? Yes, yeah, I feel funny. like an idiot. But that thing that I thought, yeah, the pizza, the pizza place, not true. Not true at all. Um, yeah, that would be a good way for stamping that out. So yeah. another good right. way would be um, uh, for, for intimate encounters would be just giving out a little silver feather, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's contact to everyone, tracing. To every, well, that's the Wayne Newton version of contact tracing. I'm sorry, we were talking about that in the previous seg- segment, uh, Dr. Nduni, which, which is that Wayne Newton used to give out, or maybe still does, little silver or gold feathers to everyone he sleeps with. It's, it strikes me that that's a fantastic means of contact tracing, right? Absolutely. Everyone with a silver feather, step up, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or we could all just have stickers for when we talk to anybody and they put a little sticker on their jacket. And of course, then they wouldn't know. Then they would then they'd have a lot. No, that wouldn't work either. So and, and what about your job? What exactly do you do? What does it mean to be a principal investigator? It's kind of from academia where uh, if if you are uh, deemed to be a principal investigator, you are ultimately in charge of a particular grant or research project, that type of thing. So it's it's just a it just indicates I've been vetted, and um, you know the the buck stops with me essentially. Mm-hmm. And and had you done? I mean, how did how did you get that job? Had you done other such things uh, before? 
I'm actually the uh, director of uh, senior director of research for the Public Health Institute, and where I've been for many decades. And uh, I started in a uh, working with a public health um, call center where we called people about their risk factors and uh, other questions around their health. And so I've got a lot of uh, background in how to set up scripts and and how to hire a lot of people. Um, we're working a lot in the in the Pacific Northwest and in California right now, with over you know have to hire over 500 people very quickly. So wow, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big lift, but um, we're we're lucky to be able to to be helpful right now. Yeah, um, you mentioned that you're good at writing the script, creating the script. So what kind of does it? What does it? What does it say? What does the script say? <laughs> well, we try to be sensitive, right? Um, and uh, especially if we're calling someone who might be sick, they might not really be wanting to talk to you at that time, um, mm -hmm. and they might have their own sort of predetermined um, misinformation um, around what's happening. But um, you know, so we try to be sensitive, and those scripts kind of talk people through the information we're trying to collect. Um, about, you know, uh, let's say they're a healthcare worker. We want to know um, if, if you live, we've heard the term congregant setting, right? If you work in a, in a nursing home, in a retirement home, um, we ask those sort of questions because we do want to prevent a, a further outbreak. Mm -hmm. um, so do you ease your way in then? So you, you call and you go, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so from the public health department i imagine right away they tense up a little bit right uh some people do uh and then s some of the work we're doing is actually integrating within healthcare and um being part of a healthcare team doing the contact tracing and that seems to foster a lot more uh sort of trust with folks but mm -hmm. um yeah we we ease in we you know obviously we want the languages to match. We want to be speaking English to English speakers and Spanish to Spanish speakers. And uh, and then um, a lot of people need help. Um, they need resources and you're asking folks to stay at home. Uh, right. And a lot of people to say, well, if I stay at home, I'm not going to make any money. So I'm just going to go ahead and go to work. Uh, right. um, so counties have some funding to, to help people, support people staying at home with some financial assistance. Um, oh, that's and, great. I yeah, didn't know so that. we coordinate all of that. Um, at grocery shopping, you know, um, we had we had a, a story the other day where we were talking to a woman um, and she had to quarantine with her several children. And and we said, do you need any resources? And she said, actually, all I need is some milk. And um, I thought Aww. that was really heartbreaking. But it, what an honor to be working um, in a in a way to, to help folks. Um, lift up out of that. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. Now, what's That's the batting cool. average like when you when you um, when you when you find somebody who's 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 uh, you know got the coronavirus, and you you start contacting their you know the people who they have had contact with. Um, how often do those people turn out to also have contracted the disease from those contacts? Fairly, um, well, I'll say about twenty to thirty percent do in wow. turn end up getting sick. And remember, the one of the things with COVID-19 is that a lot of people, they, some studies think up to 40% are asymptomatic. So people don't even know they're sick. 
And so imagine the risk then of spreading it. So right. uh, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. uh, trickiness around this particular virus. Absolutely. Um, you know, should we, should we take a break and, and come back? Absolutely. Uh, Patricia Highsmith wrote, one situation, maybe one alone, could drive me to murder. Family life and togetherness. We've all been forced to stay together during COVID-19. Stay tuned to find out how we can work as a team to end the pandemic before we kill each other. The Cat of the Week is Sunny from Missoula, Montana. with Dr. Marta Induni. Marta, where have I been? I have no idea, Adam. I think you've been at, I think you've been at home. Yeah, most yeah. of the time. All yeah. right. Yes, on it's Zoom. like you know me. So, Adam has some paranoia that the government is just tracking him from like a drone or something. But Who told you to say that? But that's not the that's that's not the kind of stuff that you're talking about. You know, um, a while ago, I heard Dr. Fauci, uh, fairly early on, I think, in the pandemic, uh, Dr. Fauci interviewed by Judy Woodruff, and she said to him, uh, you know, why isn't there like a law that you have to wear a mask? And he said, you can't do that in the United States. It just wouldn't work. Uh, and and so it's been interesting to hear the stuff that you've said um, about how they're really, you just hope that people are complying. Right, right. You hope it's part of the social contract for some of us, right? And um, in that we we try to help others and we try to lift our community out of a difficult time. But there is a lot of mistrust, um, and uh, yeah. So you can't. Although I do wonder about making mask wearing um, a law. Um, <laughs> um, you you think it would be a good idea? I don't. I you know I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it out of turn. But I see you know seatbelts wearing seatbelts are uh, laws, and that's to protect yourself and others, right? So yeah, right. I I, I, see, I see the connection there. But you know what Fauci said to her? He said, "Well, what would you want to see?" He said, "Do you want people to go to jail?" For not wearing a mask, and and it was it kind of made you think. Yeah, what would the comeuppance be? Right. Um, you know, I mean, with uh, if you get pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt, which generally speaking, that's not what happens. But if you did, well, you get ticketed. Well, I don't yeah. think at this time when people have no money to begin with, that it's a good idea to go ticketing people. For anything. No, I think you're right. And and a better approach is always um, educate and, and have people buy into the the public safety messages, right? That's what's really critical, not mandating mask wearing per se. Now, how do you combat the disinformation? Is there anything you can do about that? And the reason I bring this up is because this week I had a plumber in my house and he was wearing a mask. He had to do a five-minute job fixing a, fixing a, a bathroom fixture, my toilet, in fact. Um, and 
by the time he left, he and I were arguing about um, about the coronavirus and, and how prevalent it is. And he, he was a fount of Fox News-based disinformation. Just talking about the fact that the, the, you know, it's not really widespread and people don't really have it and masks don't do anything was one of his main points. I, I wouldn't hire him again. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hire him again. He was wearing a mask. But, uh, but my, my, my point is, is, is you must run up against that all the time. And how do you counteract that? The idea that masks do nothing. Right. That masks or even being in uh, close proximity with um, a family member. Um, you know, right. at, for our Pacific Northwest work, we've got a lot of people that were camping with uh, extended family and they thought that was fine. But, you know, um, there there are some things that are proven to be risk factors and um, mask is a safety. It's a precaution, you know, staying more than six feet away. We've we've heard all these. Right. Those are all actually based on science. And we like science. And, um, you know, the, the things we say are not arbitrary. And um, it, it's a it's a small it's a small concession to make, I think. I think I know how Dr. Induni handles that. She just goes in, fixes the sink, and then gets out. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, she hey, doesn't stand but, around talking to the customer. I don't know if she's got a lot of time for things. Now, now Dr. Induni, is business booming? Like, like, are you guys hiring? We are. Um, we are hiring. Um, like I said, we're, we're trying to bring on... 500 um, more contact tracing employees, and we um, we've got a really nice program, Public Health Institute. It's uh, phi.org. Uh, great employment page. Uh, we're hiring out of the communities that have been most adversely affected, and as we know, coronavirus uh, affects different populations um, disproportionately. And so we really want to lift up people that have been laid off and um, maybe even looking for for a new pathway uh, in a public health career or allied health field. And so we're we're folding in workforce development and, you know, impact hiring and helping with this pandemic. It's really uh, quite a feat. But, um, you know, we we're we're lucky again to be able to help and be proactive on on something that feels so overwhelming at times. Yeah, uh, especially that's really right impressive. now. Yeah, yeah. I have a great idea, though. It doesn't fall into the category of 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 um, hiring from the uh, communities that are hardest hit. But I've been trying to get Barbara Streisand to call me for a while now and share. And um, share. I've I've been using uh, Twitter, but you know what? If I had unbeknownst been exposed, and she was the person calling, right? I would never hang up on Barbara Streisand. And, you know, if she called and, and said, you know, it's me, Barbara Streisand, I'm, I'm calling from the Department of Health and, and uh, you know, it looks like you've been exposed uh, to the coronavirus and guess who's gonna be dessert? I would, I would be so happy to talk, Nikki Onstein, Nikki Onstein, I would be so happy to talk to her. You know, I, I can help, Paula. You can? I can help you trace her down because I learned something about Barbara Streisand a couple of weeks ago. No. She loves sushi. Huh. Okay. Well, that... All right. Consider it done. No, I think that... <laughs> I, I'm serious. What, okay. No, on a more serious note, what well, about... serious. 
what about getting popular culture people to do the calling? Oh, that's fantastic. So we could have like Paula Poundstone does contact tracing. I would love well, to do contact. Paula's looking for Actually, work anyway. I am looking for work. Based on what you've told me, <laughs> it's it it is it is partly obviously trying to stop the spread of the disease, but it's also helping people be able to help themselves stop the spread of the disease. And I am all in for that. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you, public health professionals have been working nonstop for well over six months now. I know. Um, uh, I just want a, a shout out to that public service. I, 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 it's not always visible, but um, it it really is um, a huge lift to to put our arms around this. So I, I and I appreciate you highlighting it also on your show. Oh yeah. Well, um uh, th- uh yeah, a uh, uh, thank you to 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 all of you working so hard from Absolutely. nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Um so uh, let me ask you this question. Um what is the most important thing that we can be doing uh to promote public health safety? You know, it's the the tried and the true. Um it, as hard as it is, uh, stay uh, you know out out of large group gatherings, stay uh, six feet or more away from people, wear your masks, use sanitizer. Uh, There are a lot of people who are uh, essential workers that, um, you know, they work all day and um, maybe at a store. Uh, For them, it's important um, to to be particularly careful, use sanitizer all day long, maybe shower when they get home, change their clothes often, that kind of thing. Um, would really help those communities that are, you know, most affected. Our service workers are are helping maintain us. And um, so that's what's most important. Even if you're not worried about getting sick, uh, we're really trying to prevent other people from getting sick. And and maybe that social message can get through. That's a good message. Where do you come down on when my neighbor came to my door with no mask, she had no shoes on because she had just jumped up from a nap to go grab the mail. So she was, you know, she had no intention of going out into the neighborhood, but she accidentally locked herself out. Uh, uh, and I invited her in because it was a little bit cold outside and she's older. And it just seemed weird to send the poor shoeless woman away. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> I wore a mask. I mean, I put the mask on before I even opened the door to her. Um, should Paula have offered her a mask? Yes. Paula should have offered her a mask. Oh, and damn it. Maybe some socks. I, I, You're right. I should have. And I didn't do either because I wasn't sure if her not wearing a mask was uh, was like a thing. Or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't sure. Uh, she had no shoes on because she intended to just run out to the mailbox and come back. But did she have no mask on because she doesn't believe in it? I don't know. And I, I, I and she doesn't hear very well. So the idea that I was going to, you know, try to suss out her feelings on the topic uh, at a, you know, by yelling at her didn't didn't make sense to me either. Yeah. I think I should have just put her right in the shower. <laughs> yeah, you should have put it in a shower. Um, <laughs> now, uh, what's your hot sheet? What's the bat signal that activates you? Uh, is is it the, does the red phone ring and the commissioner says we have a case of COVID on you know on Maple Avenue, 
or yeah. or do you hang around outside the back door of hospitals? Wh- where are you getting your jobs? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and all our work is done remotely, so um, we don't have to worry about um, Eileen coming to the, the door. But um, <laughs> one of the, uh, you know, we get our um, our data, our test results from labs uh, that are required to report to the state and to each county about their positive test results. And so counties get this information, and they in turn will give it to a, a contact tracer. And uh, and that's how we get our information. Sometimes we find out there's a, a large exposure event. Um, so for example, um, we worked at one with a chiropractor office that uh, the chiropractor went to work for several days. Uh, and uh, so suddenly we had two or 300 people we had to notify that they might oh be- Oh my gosh. Right, they might have been exposed. Um, and wow. we've worked in with food processing plants where there's just a huge amount of people that actually contracted the the virus. So, um, yeah, we get, again, we like um, confirmation from labs and, and um, we use that science to improve, uh, you know, the lives of, of folks, hopefully encouraging people to be safer. Well, I want to thank you so much. Uh, and again, thank you. Thank you for your work. Oh, of course. Dr. Nduni, we want to thank you for that. And um, it's great to have you with us. But now we're going to take that information and run it through the old Poundstonator, which will make it so much clearer to everybody. Paula? Jay, the bass guitar sounds fantastic. Thank you, house band. If I can get a little background music, I'll tell you what the Poundstonator spit out. Thank you, Dr. Marta Nduni and public health workers for your hard work and for caring about the rest of us. Contact tracing sounds like hard work. Some of the people they reach out to by phone get mad and hang up. I'd be willing to do some of the phone calling, but people would probably just hang up twice. Plus, my garrulity would slow down the important work. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. I I forget what I called for, but do you ever wonder why Ty doesn't just not make its pods look like candy? I have a pod. (laughs) Well, it's it's a podcast. It's called Nobody Listens to... Hello? Hello? (laughs) I would, however, lobby hard for my idea of popular performers making the calls, though. Who wouldn't take a call from Barry Gibb? Hello, this is Barry Gibb calling from the county public health office. And you got nothing to feel guilty for, except <laughs> you infected hundreds at your chiropractic office, and we don't know where it ends. <laughs> and Dolly Parton has become a national hero. Nobody would hang up on Dolly Parton. Well, hello, it's me, Dolly Parton, calling from your county public health office to say you worked nine to five with someone who was infected. So I'm calling now to say the spreader's been detected. It's, it's damn close to genius. That's what it is. I agree. Okay. <laughs> you know, here's my problem. Here's the problem I've been having all night. Nothing can top Bonnie's story. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, that's nope. That's I the agree. world we're living in. We're Notice living in that, that world. I did not do guess- a story because I would not uh, follow that. Honestly, it's too hard to follow, and I just keep, I just keep trying to think of 
who the person could have been. And well, I've Yeah. I've come up with zero I've come up with zero Mostel, George Plimpton. <laughs> um George Plimpton? Yeah. I think it could have been Martha Plimpton. Wasn't Martha Plimpton. I love Martha Plimpton. No. (laughs) I love Martha Plimpton, too. She's a talented stage actor, though, and, uh, you know, she's got a certain look to her. I think Zero Mostel is a little insulting. I said he was a hunk. Yeah, but you denied that it was uh, Hugh Jackman. This guy was a hunk hunk. (laughs) Hunk hunk. Such a weird oh. word to use, hunk. Yeah, it's a hunk. Unless, well, you know, she showered with him. She gets to use that word. Um, no, it's a weird <laughs> word to uh, use. Let's get hunk. back to our Whatever. show. All right, here we oh, go. Oh, are we getting back to the show? Let's do okay. it. She is principal investigator at the Public Health Institute and serves as the director of Tracing Health. Dr. Marta Induni, thanks so much for being on our show. Thank you. A real pleasure. Very, very Yay. valuable Woo-hoo. and fun and Keep listening, of course. Wait till you hear the beginning of tonight's show. Honestly, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, the beginning of tonight's show is a germ spreader all by itself. It's a journey, that's for sure. Coming up, <laughs> the potluck info party. It's a potpourri of knowledge, and none of them are alternative facts. That's coming up right after this. take you live to French Trump's weekly press conference. Hello, it is our French President Trump, and I'm here today for the weekly French President Trump presidential press conference. I shall now take questions from the enemies of the people. Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. Tony Roma with ABC News. Mr. President, how would you characterize what happened on the Capitol and on the streets of Washington, D.C. on the day Congress counted the electoral votes? Tony, I looked so good. Next question. Next question. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Thank you. Emmett Manning, New York Newsday. Mr. President, people are comparing you to cult leader Charles Manson. You incited violence among insurrectionists that you have been goading for years. I did you not incite. I did not incite. I specifically received legal guidance on what words I could use that would make it look like I did not incite. Do you have my 11,779 Georgia votes? No, sir. Sir, you told them to march to the Capitol to give the weak Republicans pride. What did you think they were going to do when they got to the Capitol? Groom! I'm sorry, groom? Wait. I thought they would stop at the perimeter of the Capitol and groom, you know, pick the nits from one another's beards, maybe spit on a Kleenex and wipe the drool off another Trumper's face. I'm on my tippy toes now. Do I look taller than Charles Masson? 
I don't know how tall Charles Manson was, sir. I, I can't say. Next question! Next question! Fun fact, the original title of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice was First Impressions, which confirms the literary theory that despite her immense talent, Jane Austen really did suck at titles. (laughs) And we're back. If you like our podcast, how about subscribing just go to apple podcasts or whatever app you're using and hit that little subscribe button it costs you nothing to subscribe you get the show downloaded every week you get a notification that's there and there's nothing else that comes with a subscription nobody will come to your door certainly nobody who's barefoot and locked themselves out of the house anyway that's an interesting fact which brings us to another interesting fact it's time for the potluck info party Yay! We're very excited about this, folks. Did you all bring a fact? I brought a fact. See, this well, is... wait. What? Well, what? Well, what is it exactly? The potluck info party? It's like <laughs> yeah. our potluck dinner that we did back on Thanksgiving. And by the way, if you haven't heard that episode, our Thanksgiving episode a few weeks back was terrific, where we all brought a potluck dish. For this segment, as it were, we're all, we've all decided to bring in a fact, an interesting thing that the other person, people might not know. And this is what I think. I think it kind of needs like to set it up like a theme song. So I was thinking like, okay, so like maybe it could be something like, what's it called? Potluck. Potluck info party. Potluck potluck dinner party? Info party. I've only said it seven times. Oh, potluck info party. (laughs) Yeah. We can't have a dinner party. Okay. It's time for the potluck. What is it? Info party. <laughs> well, info, Jesus. the word info isn't that great in a little, you know, jingle to set it up. Okay. It's. <laughs> God damn it, Bonnie. It's the potluck I think, info you know, party. It's the potluck info party. What is happening? The potluck info party. Come on your way. Jesus. Oh, my God. Somebody, <laughs> Ivy, if you're there, take the coffee out of her room. My <laughs> God. I just, you know. I am not this this horny crooning maniac over there in the Simi Valley. (laughs) I would I would not be the least bit surprised if she didn't run downstairs and get the lube in a minute. I am (laughs) I can improve on the ending. Yeah, yeah, and the beginning and the middle on the melody. I think that's right off the top of my head. You you know, the thing is, and I'm not a song too, Bunny. I'm not a songwriter or a lyricist. I think you have to know the name in order to make a jingle about it. <laughs> you you did start thinking you're singing your theme song before you knew the name. That's an important yeah. note. <laughs> yeah, that's why the theme song originally went like this. 
It's the potluck. It's the potluck. I've got this killer theme song. I just need to know what it's about. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to love oh, it's it. A it's, the bo- it's a good jingle. It's the thing that I can't, I didn't really hear. It's the, the thing that we're going to do next. Yeah, you really... Yeah. Now, oh sit, now sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a thing that happened. Oh, it's, say, can you potluck dinner party? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Potluck fat party. Oh, my God. No, it's, it's the potluck in, info party, Bonnie. Oh, my God. Okay. It's, it's oh my God. the story. Of a man whose name I really didn't hear, <laughs> who wasn't, who was bringing up three boys. I can't remember. Right. Potluck info party, everybody. Let's do it. Um, All right, here we go. Um, Paula, Woo! you want to start us off? Kick us off. Show us how the potluck info party is played. Okay, here's a little piece of information that I learned today. Close friends begin to think alike and process the world in exceptionally similar ways. By the way, uh, my source on that is Uber Facts. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good one. I so- mean, I'm not, I, I'm not surprised in a way, but I mean, I think we would all assume that friends are attracted to one another because they think a lot and process the world in exceptionally similar ways. But what this fact is telling us, that not necessarily. That as your friendship grows, you begin to think a lot and process, excuse me, to think alike and process the world in exceptionally similar ways. That makes sense to me. It does. I mean, eventually you look like your dog, uh, but... (laughs) <laughs> one of the, you know, Bonnie Burns is one of my closest friends, and I am so hoping that she's began to think like me. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I think I do think like you. Oh, thank goodness. No, I wow. know how you think. I would say I know how you think. If it went the other and I way. Think like you. The, no, if, 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 if I began to think like you, I, I shudder. God, help us. Yeah. I just shudder. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think, think Bonnie's a counterexample. Yeah. I think we do think similarly about I, a lot I, of things. It's true. We, we often know what the other would think on a particular topic. That's true. I don't know if that's yeah. from from years uh, uh, of being friends, but uh, but yeah, I thought that was fascinating. It's very interesting. Thank that you. is interesting. That, all right, potluck yeah. info party is on to off to a great start. Uh, who's next? Tony Anita Hull. Bring the knowledge. Bring the knowledge. Um, So I actually love, I'm fascinated with the Manson family. So did you? What do you mean you love the Manson family? That's a little odd, but No, I I get that. I I tell you, when I watched that that Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I hate spoilers, so I didn't know what I was in for. When I found out that it was about the Manson family, I was so thrilled. Yeah, no, I am You guys are weird. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) I love murder too. I can't help it. Um, yeah, there you so, go. So, so did you know that even Charles Manson thought Scientology was weird? After spending 150 hours in a course on Scientology, he reportedly called it too crazy, despite his reputation as a master manipulator. Wow. 
Wow. Boy, wow. when you've when you've been cut down uh, that way by Charles Man- when Charles Manson thinks you're out of the box. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's this persistent rumor that um, L. Ron Hubbard created Scientology on a bet anyway. Huh, the rumor, maybe. I think, is that is that he and Ray Bradbury were talking sometime in the 50s, and he bet Ray Bradbury that he could create a wacky religion that people would actually follow. That sounds a little Trumpian to me, actually. I don't know. I thought it sounded right. No, it sounds like what Trump did. Yeah. yeah. Trump. It, you know, it, Trump it, chose it does feel like Trump did it on he, a dare. He chose yeah. bete- between Democrats and Republicans. So I've heard. I don't really know if it's true, but I've heard that he chose Republicans because he thought they would be, or uh, and uh, evangelicals because he thought they would be an, an easier slam dunk. That's uh, it's entirely possible, but uh, you know, we'll never know because he, you know, certainly he's never going to blab. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bonnie Burns, what do you have to, for us? It can't be about guys that you've slept with. No, it's definitely not. So I was watching The Verdict the other night, and I was trying to figure out if Paul Newman had died. So I looked that up, and he has died, for those who weren't sure, in 2008. Yeah. And did you know that? Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, I wasn't sure. Okay. So then... Here's Have you noticed how he doesn't move when you talk to him? <laughs> so did you know he was only five foot nine? No. He was only, what do you mean? Are you only five foot nine? No, I, I didn't. Yeah, but that doesn't I, sound all that short to me. No, but I, I thought he was taller. Okay. So when I was looking up information about him, because I was just curious, I found out that, uh, you know, he was in the Navy. I didn't know that in World War II in the Pacific. And then he graduated uh, from Kenyon College with a bachelor's degree in economics besides drama. And then he went to Yale. So I went over to look up uh, something about Yale and I found out that their crest of arms, guess what? And it's a shield, but there's these little books inside the shield and they're in Hebrew which I think is pretty interesting because that uh, coat of arms was established in 1746. And the Hebrew says light and truth, which is, you know, the motto for Yale. And then in Latin underneath, it says, uh, I think it's luxe veritas, which is Latin for light and truth. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that for a school like Yale, along with all the other Ivy League schools, they really didn't start letting Jews into the universities until around 1960. And any kind of, I think they, there was sort of an unwritten thing that it would be 10% or less were, was the admittance on Jewish people. So Oh, that's I never my knew that. Fact. But wow. you know yeah. when when you were talking about the the their what were the words in the thing again? It was light and something. Light and truth. Yeah, you said it's in like Hebrew in the middle of their. You you said what do you, they call it? Coat of arms. Coat of arms. Sure. Of arms. Yeah. You, you said you know how their what, what it wasn't slogan. What's the what's the word for that? You called it motto. Um, I think it's a motto. Uh, yeah. Oh, you the said, motto. That's uh, what yeah. It you is. said you know how their motto is light and truth, and I have to back you up and say no. I, I I don't know that, uh, I, you know. Oh well, you're right. I did would, know that. 
Well, and the only reason I knew that is because I went to a school not that far from Yale at Tufts University, and our motto was Pax et Lux, which is peace and light. Did you have the Hebrew in the middle? No, but we had no Hebrew Why would that involved. make you know Yale's motto? Why would, I don't care how close you went to their school. I, 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 I don't, well, I didn't go to college. If my high school had a motto I'm not familiar with, I wouldn't know my own school's motto, let alone the the nearby school's motto. It's a weird thing to know, I think. It's, <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> what I was saying is that is that it's stuck in my head because the first time I heard that Yale's motto was that, it stuck in my head because I was like, wow, that's really close to my, my school's motto and the schools were close to each other. And did you feel somehow competitive with Yale as a result of that? Like, that's awfully close to my motto. Well, I was already com- feeling competitive, and for no good reason, because um, we did a, an imp- Tufts did an improv tournament with Yale annually for a few years. Boy, that'll get your dander up. That'll get oh, your, yeah. th- that'll get your <laughs> game on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I have, I have so little interest in Yale um, that the idea of knowing their motto just would never even occur to me. Um, well, no, but the fact that their seal yes, is I understand what Hebrew you're saying letters there. in I, the middle of it I is totally agree. unreal to me. Yeah, no, that part I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, All I... All those blue bloods haven't managed to vote that out and yeah. get them to change it? I just appreciate yeah. that Professor Burns over here decided to, to, to trace the history of her research into Paul Newman that somehow went over to Yale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul Newman is 5'9", and Yale has Hebrew on its coat of arms. You know, any university, any any place of higher learning that's named after a lock company is good with me. Um, their original <laughs> motto, their original motto was, you're not getting in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it really meant. At first, but by, by the early 20th century, it was uh, Yale University, keys for less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you do it digitally that's that was later that was much later <laughs> all right well let's keep swinging around the horn because um you know i want to bring bring up somebody whose appearance on, on the show a couple of weeks ago just just broke down all kinds of barriers between producers and performers uh, land romo by popular demand you're back on what what can you bring to the info party well to the info party um <laughs> of course i talk about I talk about musicals a lot, including uh, Bonnie's steamy tryst with a musical theater performer earlier in the show. <laughs> sure. And Wait. there's this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. There, there's, a, there's a great uh, book that I've been obsessed with like my whole life, uh, or most of it. It's, called, it's by a theater critic called Ken Mendelbaum. And it's called 40 Years of Broadway Musical Flops. And it's just such a delightful book to read. And uh, it's categorized in all kinds of fun ways, like things that shouldn't be musicalized and star vehicles and all of these different things. And there's one show in it that uh, always stood out to me. And I go back and I read about it a lot. And it's called Subways Are for Sleeping. (laughs) And it was... Wow. (laughs) And it was a big musical flop, um, but it was produced by Merrick, who was a big person in the musical theater. And a couple of uh, a couple of fun things about the show is um, to promote the show before it opened, he put 
uh, he put posters all over the subway saying just the title of the of the musical, Subways Are for Sleeping. And the transit authority made him take them down because <laughs> uh, homeless people had interpreted that as permission. <laughs> and tons of people... T- tons of people were flocking to the subways uh, thinking that that was now being allowed, which it wasn't. Uh, and the story was pretty weird. The story of the of the musical is about a woman, uh, and this, this came out in 1961. So it's a, a woman who is a journalist at this woman's magazine, and she's going to get to the bottom of who all of these impeccably well-dressed homeless people in Manhattan are. So she goes undercover as... Uh, a, I guess is a homeless woman and meets this man and um, the big romantic conflict is of course she falls for him and his carefree fabulously dressed life but how does she reveal who she really is and it, it, it's just a really strange show um, you know with the the people who wrote it really not confronting the more complicated side of homelessness, I suppose. Um, it just didn't really work. But the one thing that everybody said did work <laughs> on that show is the choreography, which was by Michael Kidd, and it featured um, Michael Bennett and somebody who we don't think of as a dancer, but Valerie Harper as the feature dancer in a number called Be a Santa. Wow. And Valerie Harper, uh, before she before she started in comedy, studied in New York as a aspiring ballerina. And she was in all kinds of Broadway musicals, some of which were uh, choreographed and directed by Michael Kidd. She was a chorus, a chorus member of a show called Wildcat, which was a Lucille Ball failed vehicle. I read but about it, that it was, somewhere, yes. She was also in... Um, Fortuitously enough, uh, the chorus of the another huge flop, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's with Mary Tyler Moore. Wow. No. She, really? she was uh, in another show, and then it just, all the notes about it says she had to drop out from some illness. Then she discovered Second City and just took a different path. But her career intention was to be a ballerina and a member of the chorus and a feature dancer which wow. a fun fact though while she was living in New York during that time her her doorman uh, ended up being a very famous voiceover actor her wow. doorman no it's <laughs> <laughs> he's well, talking about a joke for you all yeah. he's talking about Carlton the doorman yeah. oh my yeah that's exactly oh, what no. I did there that's exactly I, what I fell Land, for it for a couple of seconds yeah, Land, that's fascinating. I love that. That book sounds great. Um. Oh, it's it's such a good book, and it, it's it was inspired by the Carrie musical in 1988, which up to that point was one of the biggest Broadway musical flops in history. I didn't know they and made a musical of Carrie. It's unbelievable. Um, it is the campiest, most wonderful show that refuses to acknowledge what it is. And it was revived <laughs> uh, a handful of years ago with Marin Maisie. And I went to New York and I, I saw it. And then it came to LA and I saw it again. And it is, it's everything you want out of a musical. There's a, a great line from it is, uh, it's a simple little gig, kill the pig, 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 kill, kill, blood, blood, kill, kill, pig. Yeah. So that <laughs> that sums it really, up. Yeah, that's, uh, that's inspired. Um, and then there's a yeah, romantic wow. ballad, Lay Your Head on My Dirty Pillows. 
It, <laughs> no, but there is, a, you know, there is a tempestuous ballad, Adam, um, that when 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 Carrie comes home and confesses what happened in the shower at school, uh, her mother shoves her, you know, into a basement as she sings the the soaring ballad. Eve was weak. Oh, it's such a good show. Wow. It's really, really great. Damn. Land, you brought yeah. a course. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's great. I, I think we're going to, you know, uh, I think we're going to have to turn to Land for um, uh, Broadway musical, uh, Broadway musical flop histories on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. And he's officially invited to, to all our um, potluck info parties. What's the theme song again, Bonnie? Oh, um... That was an unfair uh, question. That was an unfair. I take it back. <laughs> unfair question to ask you to remember your theme song ten minutes later. That's absolutely. I have to give that some thought. Withdrawn. Yeah. Um, that is okay, a uh, boy. That theme right, song I, really gets stuck in your head. <laughs> I'll have a new one next. And, and next time we do it's this, it's like an earworm. You just can't forget it yeah. once you've heard it once. Right, and you can't remember any other song. Um, I, I have, I have. My, here's my potluck info. Um, I'm afraid, compared to you guys, it's very unexciting. But I've been really into reading about messenger RNA lately, because you know I've always been kind of been on, it's been on my radar. But you know it's a big deal nowadays because messenger RNA is at the heart of um, the two most successful COVID vaccines. Mm-hmm. Is anybody else up on this stuff? Messenger, like RNA, there's like three types of RNA. Stop me if you've heard this one before. But messenger RNA is kind of unique because it's the it's the protein chain, as far as I understand it, that forms uh, alongside DNA in a cell. And if it's a virus cell or, or any other kind of cell, what it does is it kind of like moves away from the DNA, it travels out like a messenger to the edge of the of the cell and, uh, you know, dispenses directions and starts building proteins. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, until like until Rolf, the, for th- like Rolf from Sound of Music, exactly, it's Rolf. But until you know, basically these last couple of years, nobody has known how to get the how to make a vaccine. It, it, we've gotten really good at uh, identifying a messenger RNA, and if you can identify messenger RNA, the theory has always been you could make vaccines a lot quicker. But you just have to figure out how to deliver these nanoparticles of messenger RNA and train the body to treat it as an immune response and not, you know, anything else. And But now we've finally done it, right? We finally figured out how to do it. And we did it in less than a year. It happened worldwide and, uh, you know, here and in Germany and all, all thanks to China. It was this great international e- effort that identified the DNA strand and created the first ever messenger RNA uh, or mRNA uh Vaccines, which leads me to my fun fact, the the trivia fact, which is the two companies that have the the vaccine that we're all talking about, obviously, are Pfizer and Moderna, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself all of a sudden the other night, hey, is Moderna named that because it's M and then at the end, R-N-A? And it is. That company is named oh. for messenger RNA. There you go. I looked it up. Wow. In fact, on their logo, they spell it with a capital M and a, spe- a capital RNA at the end. Very clever. That's very clever. Yeah. You know, I barely have room for that fact in my head because it's being crowded out by Yale's motto. Okay, I told you. I'm disappointed in myself for not having something <laughs> like Paul Newman is five foot nine and he went to a, a waspy school with Hebrew writing. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's no, that's a that's a that's a great fact. Thank you, Adam. Uh, thank yeah, you for yeah. br- thank you for bringing that to the potluck info party. And now we need our closing theme for that because we're done. Oh. It's a potluck info party. It's a potluck info party. You know, it sounds like Amy Klobuchar <laughs> singing the theme song. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that for the beginning, too. That's yeah. a simple. Yeah. yeah oh, I might, think you should. It might have worked a little better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say that our, even though it was our first time, I have to say the, inf- the potluck info party is a rousing success. Oh, my gosh. So, was, uh, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> Paula. What uh, you know? What's good? What was yeah. better about it than um, than the Thanksgiving potluck dinner was that the, with the potluck dinner we had no way of sharing the food with all of us, whereas the potluck info easily shared. Yeah, now we all have that knowledge, and it's it, it's uh, it's thanks to all of us for bringing for bringing it to the table. All right, so Paula, what else is going on in the Poundstone product empire this week? You know, Adam, I'm just going to defy Heidi, who is our listener that complained that we do too many plugs. Heidi, how else can I let people know that they might find some uplift from my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness? You know what Trisha Yearwood said about this book, Heidi? She said, I started reading this book because I knew it would make me laugh, and it did. I finished this book with hope my own sense of purpose, and a renewed faith in people. Heidi, how am I supposed to keep that to myself? I'm going full plug on this. <laughs> you should get the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness from your local bookstore. But if they don't have it, you can go to my store at paulapoundstone.com. I'll autograph it for you if you want. That's fantastic. Take that, Heidi. And also, Heidi... Uh, take this, uh, Paula, you know, I've been doing this, um, this, uh, Starburns sports simulcast with Jeff Cesario. We've been covering football games this winter and, yes. uh, you can, you can always check my Twitter feed to see when the next one is. We're doing it about once a week and it's really exciting. You watch the ball game on TV, but you turn down the sound and you listen to us. The best way to find it is at starburnsports.com. That's starburnsports.com. But Here's the thing, Paula. Our listeners have figured out that um, the chat fe- feature on wherever they're listening to it works. And so they've been chatting live with us, you know, you know typing text to us during the game. And it's just made everything yeah. even that much more fun. So if you want to interact like with me and Jeff, it's totally fun. So just uh, starburnsports.com and watch my Twitter feed for updates. And uh, speaking about updates, you can subscribe to the podcast. You totally should. And also, if you want to get in touch with us... Our address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That, ladies and gents, is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Marta Induni, and thanks to our house band, Jay Clannon. Our show Yay! is produced by Paula Poundstone. Adam Felver, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I want to see that carry musical. 
really. I like Glenn, how he says it's everything you could want. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that big closing number, nobody leaves the gym, has got to be great. <laughs> everything you could want. Um, yeah, I never even heard of it. I, I, I can't imagine how short its run must have been. In fact, I never heard of many of the plays that Land was talking about. I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I think you need to see more musicals. I always regret that I didn't see that Spider-Man musical during the three minutes that it was running. Yeah, I didn't see that either. You know, uh, Burt Lancaster was in some great musicals. Hey, Burt Lancaster? You don't suppose that he and Bonnie? No. That's crazy. No. He's a hunk. Um, he was a hunk. Yeah. I said a current. No, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Star Pains Audio, a podcast network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.